D3, baby. D3, motherfuckers. Elden Ring just happened. Fuck yeah. I'm just gonna let this music run. <laughs> I'm just jamming right now. Welcome to the Scotchcast E3 2021 betting special, or it would have been if I hadn't fucking lost the motherfucking... It's a bad sign when you boot OBS. Sorry. You you look you check OBS during recording, and OBS looks frozen, and you stare at it for a second, wondering if it's just it lagging, or yeah, maybe just I don't know, maybe it's still going in the background, but just the interface is stuck, you know. And then you check the recording files, and there are none. <laughs> And you're just like, well, fuck me. We just recorded an hour and well, it's, it's just gone. It's just welcome to what would have been the motherfucking E3 2021 betting special and has now become the E3 2021 uh, Cynic Self-Punishment Special. It's my penance, the Cynic Penance Special, because uh, after stealing Durin and Thurbleton's time for a full hour yesterday before the show started... Uh, I, f- I failed them. I f- I, I, there's no other way to put it. I failed my crew. I failed you, the listener. And I'm sorry. With that, though, fuck it. It's happened before. It'll happen again. <laughs> this time it wasn't my fault, all right? This time it wasn't my fucking fault. I hit record. I swear I did. I swear. I swear I did. I swear I did. Fuck you. Fuck it. I, 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 whatever. Not important. Not important. The point is, Elden Ring was announced before E3 started, so I, I'm just going to quickly rap about that for a hot second. Holy cow, that was a cool trailer, um, especially after like a lot of good to middling to not good trailers for the rest of the Summer Games Fest kickoff, which was uh, yeah a little bit ago now. I'm recording this Saturday night, my time. It happened... Friday morning, but I was just too wasted yesterday, too gassed after a week of work and then waking up early to watch that fucking thing to record anything. Um, so I'm recording it today, but it still feels like it just happened to me, honestly, because I've just been fucking asleep and working out and walking my dog and then sleeping more. That's what I've been doing. Um, so the big question a lot of people had by Elden Ring was that it was afk or just like gone dark since 2019 it was completely silent during 2020 and before e3 they said they wouldn't be here so we were like oh geez what's happening with this game i wasn't necessarily worried i was more like oh god how long is it going to take like is it is it farther out than they usually do because usually they announce it and then release like the next year or maybe a year and a half later at the latest because from is really quick they're goddamn machines over there um 
So with Elden Ring, we were like, oh, is this is, is there maybe there's trouble? Maybe maybe George R. R. Martin's slowing things down because you know how he is with deadlines. Um, what's happening with this game? But no, it's it's fucking January 2021 or whatever the fuck it was. It was like early 2021, sorry, 2022. Um, coming out and it looks fucking amazing. Um and what I didn't realize, well, I think I think I just didn't know this before, or maybe it was only in interviews. It was definitely wasn't apparent from the trailer. But the big thing to take away from the opening trailer, aside from it looking fucking awesome and the music continuing to be fucking awesome, is that it's an open world game with interior, with like still detailed interiors, but it's an open world game. And that was like holy shit! I can't even imagine how awesome a From Software, Dark Souls inspired, medieval fantasy open world game will be. That sounds baller status to me. Because I can just imagine like Dark Souls soft level gating. Um, like how in, in Dark Souls 1, if you go left down into the uh, graveyard, you just get ganked by fucking skeletons. But if you go right, you have like easy, you just, to Undeadburg, you just have easy enemies to fight. Um, kind of like that where you can go to the fucking uh skeleton graveyard if you want like there's nothing stopping you it's a soft level gate um it's not it's not like a war npc there says now you shouldn't go this way um it lets you go wherever if that kind of concept applied to an open world it sounds fucking awesome um it's kind of like how mmos sometimes there's a level 80 zone next to a level 20 zone just to just because like that's how the plot works out um so it's it's a kind of that but with but isn't that because there's nothing similar between a Dark Souls game and an MMO? It's, this could actually be a really great implementation. Um, that plus horse double jumping, that's cool. Though I will say there's a bet about double jump, job jumping in this year's e- betting special, which will come up later. Um, but this doesn't count because it's not E3 yet. Summer Games Fest is not E3, it is pre E3. Day minus five or some shit, so it doesn't count. Um, that said, horse double jumping is cool. And the fact that we have a horse is a first. And the fact that they have horse-mounted combat, which is interesting. I wonder how that will go. Um, but overall, the big takeaway was the music still awesome. The plot still looks intriguing, though we still know nothing about what's happening. And the enemy designs was were the star of the show. Um, they looked new, interesting, and different, despite them having made fucking six or seven Souls games so far. Or something like that, if you count like Skull of the First Sin and stuff. Um, and this still just looks unique and different and interesting. Like some of them, actually one or two of them did remind me of older ones. Um, like there's a, this kind of centipede-like guy, which I swear I've fought before um, or something like it before. But the rest just looked really interesting and different. There's a weird focus on arms. Like don't, I, don't, me, don't get me wrong. Weird detachable arms are cool. But there's a dude who just has like too many just too many just too many arms that just just calm down with the arms guys um but whatever he's gonna be fun to fight i can't wait um overall i for me aside from the open world stuff the thing that got me personally excited even though like the, the bosses were the star of the show what me got me personally excited was watching the game just watching the combat i just really like the way the new hero flows like we don't know who he is um, he has some name, like, like cursed what equivalent name, like every Souls game. But um, I just lo- like there's there's a fluidity to the way the the way he moves that reminds me of Sekiro. But because he's got a shield, he's still got that that ability to tank. Like my favorite parts of Dark Souls. Like I didn't 
really love Bloodborne because I like I like the sword and board gameplay. Um, I like the push and pull and stamina meter management, all that kind of stuff. I love that. Um, so this seems like it's it's got the fluidity of of a Sekiro without the grappling hook, um, but combined with that ability to have a shield and take hits in addition to dodge and stuff. And it, it felt different to just running light armor and having a shield and souls. It just looked like it, they've learned a lot and the animation team has done has just has more experience now and it just this is it just seems like the culmination of everything from software's done i've seen some comments that said um this just seems like from software put everything they've ever done into a melting pot and spat it out as a game and i'm like yep and that's exactly what i want <laughs> and it looked like that so fucking yay elden ring was announced and with that um i'm gonna go i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna put the cooler on elden ring there for a hot second as i um calm back down because every time I watch that trailer or hear that music, I get hyped again. Um, and I explain what this show is. So this is the Cynic self-punishment special um, because it's supposed to be the pre-E3 show with predictions and shit. We never end up doing it. Sorry, we never ended up doing a prediction show this year um, because we just didn't, the timings didn't line up uh, with people availability and all that kind of shit. You know how things are. That said, I will sit here and do my best to just say what I think is going to to expect here. Because honestly, as always, the best things about E3 are the surprises, like this Elden Ring trailer. Um, even though it's not technically E3, asterisk, asterisk, asterisk is important for the betting special, so I'm gonna keep mentioning it. Um, so I'm gonna do a little bit here on on the on the main conferences, um, and then I'll go through uh, the betting special at the end and go through the bets. You can play a bet, play at home, like you won't be able to figure out the points because that's just. T- just too fucking complicated. And I made it purposely complicated because it's funny that way. Um, but you can at least hear our bets and what we thought is going to happen. That, that's a fun thing of its own right, which I'll do at the end of the show. Before I do either of those things, I'm going to go quickly through Summer Games Fest because that just happened yesterday. Um, and I'm going to go through the... Uh, I'm not going to go through deeply. I'm just going to say the top couple of things from Summer Games Fest because it was a long show. Me and Brad, Bradley Pollard slash Shav the World slash... Bollard um, watched it live together, and uh, he started off saying it was going to be ninety minutes, and both of us were immediately like, "Holy shit, ninety minutes! Like, you serious?" And uh, like, it was ninety minutes of stuff. Like, it was definitely kept us entertained the whole time. I wasn't interested in many of the games, but I I enjoyed it. I like the fact they existed. I'm happy for the people who are interested in love those games, and happy for the developers. So that was cool to see. It was just a. It was a good jolly fun time especially because it ended with elden ring so it didn't it definitely didn't feel like a waste of time i'm happy that we had that to kick off e3 um so but really there are only a couple of games that really mattered and i'll talk about them i'm just going to list them off now and i'll talk about them individually the ones that really mattered if you if you missed it elden ring was obviously announced with the release date of january 21st 2022 that's awesome but also um a sequel to Salt and Sanctuary, sorry, which is an excellent 2D Dark Souls game, was announced, uh, which is called Salt and Sacrifice. Uh, for a minute there, we, me and Brad were both confused because like, are they just re-releasing the old game? Nope, the name just sounds possibly too similar. Um, it is Salt and Sacrifice, where it's the sequel to Salt and Sanctuary, but it's a new plot line because you're, you become an inquisitor to hunt mages. I don't think that's very important. The po- because it's Souls game. The most important thing is it looks like more 2D Souls and a good 2D Souls. So 
that looks like it might be awesome. So there was Elden Ring, Sultan Sanctuary. Um, there was one other big one. There was a Death Stranding director's cut. Uh, that was a Kojima-ass Kojima trailer, which told us nothing about the director's cut. But it was fun to watch and had a Metal Gear in-joke. So I'm happy about that. That's all I got to say about that. That was fun. Uh, it click- it hit my buttons. And uh, to be fair, I have a very low bar when it comes to Kojima. So that doesn't say anything. Um, that says it, it was fun. And I have no idea what's going to be in the director's cut, and I have no zero, less than zero intent of playing it. I have, I will actively avoid playing that game. However, I'll probably check out the whatever the new stuff is on YouTube. So sue me, so sue me. I mean, I'm curious, but I'm not curious enough to pay full price for a Death Stranding director's cut, especially because I did. I played a whole of 45 minutes of the first game before I was, I was like, nope, and I noped out. Um, but that plot was interesting. And I bought it, so fuck you. Anyway, um, the last really big thing, which I'll go into for Summer Games Fest, this is all I'll spend a minute on, is uh, Tiny Tina's Wonderlands. So hear me out. <laughs> Why do I say it's a big thing? Tiny Tina's Wonderlands could be a fucking awesome game. What is Tiny Tina's Wonderlands, you ask me? Um, Borderlands... You've probably heard of the Borderlands franchise. Tiny Tina is a character from Borderlands. Um, Borderlands is a looter shooter, one of the best looter shooters out there. Uh, there's three, three, there's four games in the series. Borderlands 2 is probably the best game in the series. And in Borderlands 2, there was a DLC, which was a Tiny Tina-themed DLC, who was this little girl at the time, who like a smack-talking little girl at the, at the time. And she was the dungeon master for the crew as they played through her D&D-esque game. Um, the twist is that obviously you're still using guns and stuff, but you're running through a D&D inspired Borderlands world with like skeletons and orcs and dragons and shit. Uh, and there was like D&D themed loot. And I don't know if that sounds cool to you, but legit, I'm not going to fuck with you. That was the single best piece of Borderlands content they've ever goddamn made. And it was fucking incredible. It was fucking incredible. I remember being at the time. Um, I remember the whole community loving it pretty much, especially because D&D was just getting big then. It was it's always, always been big, but really hit like mass market with critical role and all that kind of stuff. And at the same time, Tiny Tina hit. And it was just that explosion happened simultaneously. Um, but in addition to that, it was just a really good expansion pack because it had awesome new loot, awesome new enemies, a great, like, fun sensibility to it, cool visuals because it's like a... It's it's the Borderlands twist on Dungeons & Dragons. Um, And then beyond all of that, it actually had a really good plot. And that is the only asterisk I would put against this new thing. So they announced yesterday Tiny Tina's Wonderland, which is essentially the Borderlands... Um, D&D DLC made into its own whole video game. And they announced it with a trailer that showed, told me voice actors. I don't care about the voice actors in your fucking... Like I, voice actors are very important, but you can't tell me your voice actors and expect me to sell that... Sorry, for that to be a selling point of your game. I don't play a game because Nolan North's in it. I play a game because the game is good. And this case was Andy Samberg, Wanda Sykes, and Will Arnett. Like, I don't care about any of them in video games. 
like if they said Geralt from The Witcher was in it, I'd be interested. But this is not that. This is whatever. Point is, they it was a shit trailer <laughs> for this new thing. But essentially, what they're, they're advertising is uh, that D and D Borderlands thing. Now, why do I put an asterisk around the plot? You say because the gameplay will probably be great. Like if it's anything like the original Borderlands uh, DLC pack, it's going to be Borderlands with where you're fighting dragons with guns. And that was awesome. Like, there's this one optional boss fight with, like, this arena and these three dragons attack you. So fun. So fun. Especially co-op. Um, and if this, if this game is just filled with shit like that, it could be... God, oh, it would be so good. Now, the problem is, the first one wasn't only good because of its gameplay and its level design and shit. It was also good because of its writing and its characters. Because back then in Borderlands 2, people still care. Sorry, Gearbox still cared about the <laughs> about the Borderlands plot, and back then we still had characters we liked. Um, spoilers for Borderlands 2. This is a fucking whatever twenty-five year old video, seven year old video, or some shit. Spoilers. Skip forward if you fucking care about Borderlands 2. Spoilers. Um, we in Borderlands 2. You no longer played as the the characters from the first Borderlands because the characters from the first Borderlands became important figures in the world, and you're essentially following them as, as with your own set of characters like Zero, etc. You're following them go through going through a separate journey, and at the end of Borderlands Two, Handsome Jack, who is the best video game villain in a Borderlands game, um, killed Roland, who is the soldier character from the first Borderlands. What's the big deal? Well, it actually they actually did it in a really good way that made you care. That was the big deal. Like Roland was a was my main in the first car- first game because I'm always play the basic bitch soldier guy, um, except for Borderlands Three because I didn't really. I mean, Moses is not really a basic bitch soldier person because she's got a fucking mech and all that shit. But um, so I always played basic bitch soldier guy until Borderlands Three. So he was my main, but not only that, he actually had like a cool plot to him where he was like the hopeful general or well, he was like the, the the general who wanted to save the save actually like redeem the world and make it good again um and then he just like kind of at the last in the last act of that game snapped dead just like in a 30 second twist at the end of a long cut scene he dies and it was totally unexpected because that doesn't happen in Borderlands games. Like you don't have until that point. Doesn't really you don't really have a villain turn around and just shoot one of your main characters in the head and he just dies permanently. That doesn't happen in many games, especially back then. So that was like a really hard twist, and it was like holy shit. And then the game became about event not only defeating Handsome Jack but also getting revenge for Roland. So in the Tiny Tina DNC where this D&D thing's playing out, not only do you have the fun D&D stuff happening, but as a subcurrent throughout the entire thing, you had you had the characters, and more specifically Tiny Tina, coming to terms with the fact that Roland was dead. And by the end of that game, Tiny Tina finally gets closure, and you kind of make this... You, you, the whole thing, the whole campaign, the D&D campaign, becomes like a tribute to the memory of Roland. And I, again, I don't know if that sounds lame to you or not, but it actually really landed. Like back then, they they cared about their writing, and it was it really worked. I loved it, and almost everyone loved it that played it. Um, and so that, and that is also the reason why I don't know 
if this new one will have the impact of the old one. Well, first of all, it's a follow-up, so it won't ever have, it won't recapture the magic. But more importantly, there is like almost nobody fucking left in Borderlands that I give a fuck about. Like, I don't really even care about Tiny Tina anymore. Cause she's an old, she's a lady now, right? Um, so by this point, which was, what was endearing as her being a little child, being a, like that fucking cranky, sweary, crazy little child, Back then, it was endearing. Now that she's like 20 years old, when I found her in Borderlands 3, I was like, you should have fucking grown out of this shit. And if you, because the fact that you haven't is just, that is just, just means you do not have good parental figures and everyone's just enabling your crazy. Um, I really, it didn't have the same snap to it that made me like it in Borderlands 3. In fact, it just seemed old in Borderlands 3, like her character. So that's one layer to it. But also... Well, that's three spoilers now. <laughs> Almost all the original characters are dead. So that part of it's gone. And more importantly, a lot of the favorite characters in Borderlands 2 are dead. Or off doing their own thing. Which means it's like, there's almost no one I give a shit about who's involved with Tiny Tina at all. So who the fuck, why would I care about this? the plot you're crafting in Tiny Tina's Borderlands. Now, now, a good response to that is that every Borderlands has a new cast of characters. So maybe they'll have a new cast of characters. But I just I, I just don't know. Because this is, in the end, it's still an offshoot. I don't know. I, 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 I'm cautious. Over, I'm going to wrap this up. I'm cautiously optimistic about this game. But the bold and underline isn't around optimistic. The bold and underline is around cautiously. Really, especially with how, in my opinion, fucking terrible the writing was in Borderlands Three. Like that was hot trash. Um, like whole, like I didn't like any character. The only characters I liked in that game died in that game. So everyone remaining alive, I I wanted, to, I I cheered when they either uh, came close to death or were beaten the shit out of. Like, you do not... If you're doing that in a game, if I'm cheering for the demise of your main characters, then you've done bad things in terms of writing. Like, you fucked up there. Um, and that's where I was at with Borderlands. My cute little puppy is now near cables, and I don't know what to do. Because he's just lying there. He's not touching the cables. He's just lying there, curled up in the ground, now licking his own balls. Good boy. Anyway, um... I'll, get, I'll just keep an eye on him. I'm gonna, I'm gonna step away and just make sure he doesn't fucking bite any cables. Hey, boy, can you, can you get away? Come here, boy. Come here, come here boy. Sorry for this. I'm, I'm grabbing him by the. He's confused. I don't usually grab him by the legs. Good boy. Good boy. Okay. Good boy. Um. Now he's, now he's just sad because I moved him from his nice dark spot. What a good boy. Anyway, all right. Sorry for that. Puppy talk. Puppy second. Good little puppy moment there. Um, so overall, I don't know, but we'll probably see more about Tiny Tina's Wonderlands later after the show is posted um, because it will come up, I, I I assume, in the Gearbox presentation. In fact, we were all surprised. Well, me and Brad were surprised why it was even here in the first place. Whatever. So yeah, that's that's Summer Games Fest kind of wrapped up. There's a lot of other things you can look up. You can obviously watch it, but you can also look up like summaries. We did all summaries. The one I'm looking at is pressstart.com.au. has a pretty great summary where it just lists fucking everything. Um, but the main ones are Tiny Tina's Wonderlands, Elden Ring, which is goddamn awesome, um, Death Stranding Director's Truck, which is a funny thing, Jurassic Park World Evolutions 2, which I mostly care about because Brad works on it. Um, but it actually does look like a cool game too. 
Blind Bias or whatever, and then Salt and Sacrifice. Those are the main things from the Summer Games Fest opening. Now with that, all right. Take a breath. Take a breath. Take a breath. I'm just going to pet my dog for a second here. We're now moving on to E3 2021. Um, The the, the original intent of this show uh, was to talk about E3, uh, talk about what I expect to happen, and then go into my betting special bets here. And everyone's entered their bets. Um, So first and foremost, I think a very important thing to say about E3 2021 is that Sony's not there. That's pretty. That seems pretty much confirmed now that it's like the twelfth of June, and they still haven't fucking like mentioned anything, right? So Sony's out there. Hey, no, no biting. Sorry, puppy's biting my chair. Um, Sony's not there. Uh, so the honestly, like that's usually the biggest part of E three for me is the Sony press conference. So them not being there this year is kind of like it puts a pretty big bullet in my the the top end of my excitement levels but whatever it's despite that there are six conferences in e3 this year there's ubisoft gearbox microsoft square enix capcom and nintendo um so there actually is a lot of room there for some fucking amazing shit to show up in this e3 and if Elden ring's just starting it off then hopefully it's just uphill from here um so I'm I'm not gonna spend too long on this because honestly the best part for E3 for me are the surprises, and not only that, I was talking about to Thurbleton about this and Brad and Duran, but my my list of E3 like dreams like dream games that could be announced at E3 is fully depleted. Like the biggest ones I had for a lot of years was like you know Final Fantasy VII remake you know. When that wasn't announced yet, that was like an E3 dream. Um, what else is there? Demon Souls remake, that's happened. Um, Persona 5 happened. Uh, this year is not the year of Persona 6. I can, I can guarantee you that. Um, and if I'm wrong, I will I will just melt into a puddle on the floor. That's what will happen. Um, but I don't think that's good. This is not the year of Persona 6. Um, Final Fantasy 16 was announced. Like A lot of the things I was really... That I really would look forward to at an E3 have already been already happened, uh, and now we're just waiting for those games. Like God of War Two was already being announced and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, like there's not much really to to point at and go, oh, wouldn't it be crazy if this happened at E3? So instead, what we're at is a situation where I'm really looking forward to the surprises and the new IPs and the updates for the games I already know. So the C3, I'm not expecting to be a banger of an E3. I'm just expecting it to be a good E3, and that'll be especially because some of the some things out there are probably going to be fucking awesome to watch uh like Elden Ring is just an example so i'm really so if we just go through each conference you, you can kind of get what i mean so so ubisoft right there's gonna be far cry 6 there that could be cool i don't know uh, but there's no assassin's creed uh well the, if there's assassin's creed there won't be an i bet there won't be a new one because they, they've now switched to a longer development cycle of assassin's creed games so I don't think they'll be hinting at the next one. If anything, there'll be a DLC announcement for the previous Assassin's Creed game. Odyssey. Oh, no, it wasn't Odyssey. It was... The fuck was it? It was Valhalla. Right, so there'll probably be a Valhalla DLC, if anything. So the main thing's going to be Far Cry 6, which it just showed like half an hour of, a, of like a... I'm not kidding. It was, I think it was a half-hour gameplay thing. Like a week and a half ago or some shit. Um, so I don't really know how that can get me excited. 
Uh, but it's called Ubisoft Forward. So there's probably going to be some announcements there. And I'm just hoping for new IPs, really. And um, maybe Beyond Good and Evil 2. But I really don't think that'll show. And we'll get to that in the betting specials later. Uh, beyond that, though, I don't know what Ubisoft can show me that would really get me. Um, yeah, like maybe a Prince of Persia looks good now. It looked pretty shit last time we saw it, saw it. So maybe that could do it, but I don't know. So that's that's Ubisoft. Gearbox, Tiny Tina has already been announced. There you go. Um, beyond that, I, again, cannot think of anything they could show me that would make me excited. Um, they're... Uh, I, I, I'm I'm fully checked out of Borderlands Three, though I'm I'm curious about uh, Tiny Tina. Let's let's look at Gearbox games IPs. All right, so let's let's just bring it up. What what is their list of IPs for Gearbox software? Right, there's Borderlands, obviously. Um, what have we got? Duke Nukem. Yeah, no, I'm not going to get excited for a Duke Nukem game. Band. So brothers in arms, nothing. Uh, Homeworld. I'm not. I'm not gonna lie. A Homeworld announcement could be could be pretty fucking cool. But the last thing they put out was Deserts of Karak, which is like not really what people were looking. It's a new kind of thing, and not really what people were really looking for from Homeworld. Um, yeah. You know what? If they did announce New Homeworld, that could be cool. But really, that what we're looking at is Borderlands, uh, Duke Nukem, and Tiny Tina. And so that's, that's pretty much what, was, what I expected to see from them. So I don't know. You can have whatever feels, feels you want about that. I'm not looking forward to a Duke Nukem game. So that's all I've got to say about that. Um, Microsoft and Nintendo will talk about last. I'm going to go through third parties first. Square Enix. Okay. So Square Enix... Um, they are probably the ones that will that I'm most looking forward to at E3 this year. Um, not for anything unannounced. I pretty much just want to see more Final Fantasy 16. I'm easy to please. It could, uh, that's really it. Uh, just show me more of that game. I I loved what I saw first. I thought the graphics were kind of meh. I don't know if many of you would agree with me, but the I would, it just felt like a return to medieval Final Fantasy in a good way. To be fair, I really love Final Fantasy XV. I was like legit, I one of the few people who really fucking love that game. Um, it's not my favorite Final Fantasy by any means, but it's it's up there. I really like it. Um, and I just love the aesthetic. I loved everything. It's like almost everything about it. The only thing I didn't like about the game was the, was the plot. And not even the plot itself, because that was actually okay. It was the pacing of the plot and the delivery of the plot. Um, I don't know if the DLCs ever fixed that, but whatever. Um, so Final Fantasy 16, going back to medieval, it just looks, it looks, it feels right, man. It feels right. And I like the new twist on the Aeon slash GFs slash fucking whatever you want. It, there's the summons, whatever you want to call them. The fact that they're, there's that Final Fantasy 15-esque thing where they're giant and in the world, that's cool. I'm, I'm, I actually don't mind that. That's pretty awesome. Um, so I'm I'm happy to see that aesthetic return and that uh, both in terms of the GFs and the medieval fantasy part. And I just love the 
fact that they're they're doing a serious take it doesn't seem like they're going full weird like final fantasy 10 like i love final fantasy 10 but it's, it's definitely not like the your classic final fantasy uh, it actually feels more like final fantasy 4 or 3 or 1 in a lot of ways um but with a modern that's like just done in modern real world times it looks great i'm really looking forward to it so honestly if they if that's all the square Enix show was that's all i need but they have a lot of other shit, you know, because um, obviously they, they have, uh, let's see, Square Enix IPs. Let's go. Let, let, let's go. Because Tomb Raider obviously comes to mind, but that's not probably not going to be here this year. Uh, video games. There we go. Square Enix video games. So let's go for modern shit. Babylon's Fall, whatever. Oh, yeah. Neo, The World Ends With You. The new World Ends With You game. It's coming out in a couple of weeks here. So I don't know if we'll see much more of that. Also, I don't think The World Ends With You needed a sequel. And the fact that they're doing one, I just think people are more confused than anything else. But I've heard some people excited about that. Um, if they do a new Bravely Default, I bet it will be at a Nintendo thing, not this thing there will not be a new king i assume there won't be no more kingdom hearts though there might be a okay. there might be some dlc for kingdom hearts um let's see what else we've got i don't think it's oh yeah dragon quest dragon quest was announced i believe there was a dragon quest like only show a couple weeks ago and i'm pretty sure they announced the next dragon quest so maybe they could show that that would be kind of interesting might be too soon they might save that for its own dragon quest show again um that could be cool maybe they'd show that all right so let's go with that so there's uh video game franchises okay no I, i i'm finding it difficult to find all the subsidiary franchises uh let's go for tomb raider Sorry for live Wikipediaing, but here we go. That, that's that's the world I live in. All right, that's all I got for you. It's Crystal Dynamics. That's right, Crystal Dynamics. What do they work on? Square Enix, Crystal Dynamics. Yep, Tomb Raider. Oh shit, Legacy of Kane. Holy cow, that could be cool. All right, all right. I'm changing. Yeah, okay. All right, I got Legacy of Kane returns is my new E3 dream. I don't think it would ever happen because I'm pretty sure Legacy of Kane was a was from that uh, Amy Hennig. I swear Legacy of Kane was a- a- Amy Hennig or some shit. Am I crazy? Legacy of Kane written by Amy. Yeah, Soul Reaver. Legacy of Kane, Soul Reaver, written by Crystal Dynamics, Amy Hennig, and Seth Karras. God damn. So yeah, I, 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 okay, all right. It's not going to happen. I, I shouldn't get myself excited. I shouldn't get myself excited. But that would be fucking amazing. That would be, that that would be choice if Legacy of Kane came because that was a that is a fucking cool world that just disappeared off the face of the earth despite being really successful. So I I don't know. I, 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 Gothic fantasy is in vogue again. It could, it could, it could come back. I, I don't. I'm gonna give it like a, a two percent chance, but that could be amazing. Um, all right. Uh, another one, obviously, is Deus Ex. And again, I don't think that'll come back. Um, Deus Ex. 
And then there's some crazy, I'm pretty sure it's Queer Enix. Deus Ex was done by Eidos Montreal, Ion Storm. Yeah, it's published by Square Enix. Who's Eidos Montreal? What are they working on now? Oh, God, Marvel's Avengers. No. <laughs> no, the Deus Ex team isn't working on the fucking Avengers, is it? No. No. Don't kill that franchise. It was so good. So, yeah, I, I don't think we'll see another Deus Ex game. Oh, God. At this rate, we'll just see another fucking Avengers announcement. Jesus Christ. Um, but whatever. So let, let's just put the Western Studios on the shelf for a bit. <laughs> Except for Legacy of Kane. That could still be amazing. But um, like if the Tomb Raider team made Legacy of Kane, holy, like, think of that. Just think of that for us. That could be fucking cool, man. Um, especially with like how they reimagined Tomb Raider and then rebooted it. It's like a Legacy of Kane reboot. Damn. But um, anyway, let's assume that's not going to happen. Though I'm, I'm, I did put it in my bet special now. Um, so mostly I'm looking forward to Final Fantasy. Let's go back to, to Square Enix. So and anything by Yoko Taro. Uh, Durin definitely thinks that Yoko Taro, who's the near automata guy, a near series guy, um, is probably too soon. And I, I think he's probably right because a near game just came out. Um, but I don't know. Like I've. I would just if I was Square Enix, I I would almost use him like Kojima, where it doesn't really even matter if he is if he's like close to ready with what his stuff is. I'd just have him on stage and tell us he's working on something. If I was them, it's because of how popular he is, you know, um, or, or on screen in this case, because I bet it'll be telecon or whatever. Um, so yeah, I I would see I would love to see something by by Yokotaro, I a new near or maybe just a whole new franchise thing. I'm on board. Whatever he does next, I'm there. Um, I obviously am into Final Fantasy 16. There's probably going to be Final Fantasy 14 stuff there, and a lot of people will be excited for that. I'm not excited yet because I'm not into that game yet, but it's on my list. And then finally, we've got um, the big the big boy. Sorry, I, I, I haven't hinted at this yet, but there is a big boy, a big elephant in the room here where there has been a consistent uh, rumor regarding a new... Final Fantasy game, and don't let me don't let that lose you if you're not a fan yet. Right? There's a new fantasy game, Final Fantasy game, rumored that is based on Final Fantasy One. Hang with me. But the more important part of the rumor is that it is inspired by Dark Souls. Now that could be cool. A, fi- a Square Enix Final Fantasy team driven Dark Souls game, Dark Souls esque game, so like a, a approachable, an approachable kind of mainstream Dark Souls game, could be fucking awesome with the Final Fantasy sensibilities and money and budget behind it. That could be really great. I don't know why my dog is being really affectionate right now. It's probably because he's hungry, but whatever. Um, that could be really great, and that's the that's the big secret. It's like the big. Curious special as to whether that sorry, sorry, curiosity as to whether that will show up or not. I'd, I'd be really cool. Like I'd really be on board with all of that, right? Like I, I and even if it's just like a a, a concept trailer, i.e., the game's going to be out in like five years, I'd be on board. Though 
And the main thing I would say as to why it might not happen is because I believe the rumors to some extent because I bet because that definitely feels like something that there'd be a market for, a significant market for, which means that and Square Enix because they've they're working on sixteen, but sixteen's almost done, um, and uh, Final Fantasy seven, the Final Fantasy seven series uh, is has pretty much a set team now, and they have more than one team. I wouldn't be surprised if their pre-development work has been burning on this for a while and they're going to be going into full development of this once they really get into Final Fan- get done with Final Fantasy 16. And that could be really cool. Um, I keep saying that could be really cool because I mean it. That could be fucking awesome. Um, yeah. I-, I would love to see a teaser for that. I think the last time I... I really loved a teaser from them was all the Final Fantasy 15 stuff. Um, no boy, don't eat the chair. Um, when I last saw the Final Fantasy 15 stuff, um, that first versus 13 trailer was way cool. The, the cooler of those two trailers, that was the one I was really excited for. It just didn't happen until Final Fantasy 15. Um, so even if it was something like that, even if it was something I saw it and I wasn't, when I went, that was cool, and we're not going to see this for fucking five years. Even if it was something like that, I'd be, I really love to see it because it, it is rumored. So maybe it is time. And Square Enix isn't afraid of mounting shit early, like Final Fantasy, so Seven Remake Two, um, to reach Final Fantasy Seven Remake was announced like what a couple of years in advance. So I'm, I'm down with that. Speaking of which, the last thing to talk about for a Square Enix thing is. Will there be Final Fantasy VII Remake 2 news? Uh, my guess is no, because they're focusing on 16. And honestly, Seven Remake 2 is big enough that it could just have its own event outside of E3 and just be huge. Um, and even if it wasn't its own event, if I was Sony and they were planning a, a big, a big um, state of play at some point, that's what I'd get for that state of play. Right, I, I I would lock down all the marketing for Final Fantasy VII Remake too if I was Sony, right? Um, just for that splash, the the splash damage uh, hype that you get from just announcing it, being the the party to announce it. You know, even even just announcing something like that would make you more popular. Um, but that said, could it be here? Definitely, like it could. Like it's not a zero percent chance it could be here. They've been working on it for a while now. And honestly, that could be the biggest thing of E3 if it's announced. Uh, as sad as that is to say, it's not sad. Because that first game, Final Fantasy VII Remake Part 1, was incredible. It was it was amazing. It, it, it was a fucking landmark thing. No one thought it, they could do that that well. And they did. So will the second one be as good as the first? Probably not. But will the hype be real? Yeah, it will be. And could it be here? Yeah. So that, that's where Square Enix. There's a lot that Square Enix could do. Um, top of this being, obviously, Legacy of Kane. Moving on. Capcom. Um, Capcom is in a weird spot because Resident Evil just released. So I'm not expecting much from them, to be honest. Um, <laughs> going from Square to Capcom, that's, that's a fucking whiplash right there. Really excited about Square. Not really excited about Capcom. But they decided to have a... Uh, show right so if they decide to have a show they probably have something and sure it could be Resident Evil DLC or a new Resident Evil fucking battle royale game that could definitely be fucking what they do Um, but they probably have something and and maybe it's a new Street Fighter thing maybe it's a new um, 
like crossover, like Street Fighter, like Marvel versus Capcom or something. You know, it could be something like that. Um, or it could be, let's see, Capcom IPs. Let's have a look. Let's bring that up and see what we've got here. Franchises. Okay, yeah. Devil May Cry. I, I would... Like, they just re- did a re-release for that for the next-gen consoles. I'm pretty sure even that's all. But, like, the, that Devil May Cry... The recent Devil May Cry was fucking awesome. So that could be a thing. Dragon's Dogma could be there. That could be amazing. Um, obviously, Monster Hunter could be there. Now, there's a Monster Hunter coming out soon, so they might focus on that. But if they if they announced a World 2, that could be huge. Um, like, that would be... That would possibly be my game of show. Because World, again, World... Monster Hunter World was God-tier. Um, Ace Attorney probably would be at a Nintendo thing if it showed up, but that, that's that's a lot of it. So we're talking about Devil May Cry, uh, Dragon's Dogma. There's probably never going to be a Lost Planet again, I swear. Marvel vs. Capcom, Mega Man, Monster Hunter, and Street Fighter. Like th- Those are the big things they could bring, and any of those would be huge. Any of those would be huge. And then not even talking about the weird stuff. Like, what? Well, imagine that they announced a new Dino Crisis. Like, that could be fucking cool. So I'm not going to, like, totally shove them off. It's just the problem is I just can't... I can't see them announcing a new Dino Crisis, you know? It just doesn't feel... There's no, like, buzz around that. There's no rumors around that. So it's, like, it makes it difficult to believe in, you know? Like, what, like another new Steel Battalion. Like, I don't see that happening. I, what I do see happening is probably just more DLCs... For fucking Resident Evil, you know, maybe, and I'm pretty sure they said they wouldn't do a Resident Evil Four remake, but maybe that, maybe they 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 just they flip their script and decide to do that to continue the ongoing remake chain, um, because like why would they stop? They they've been so successful. I don't know why they'd stop. So maybe they just keep going with that, um, or maybe they switch to Code Veronica or something. They don't do a main line. They just do a remake of something else. And, you know, um, that could be what they do. So. Capcom could have things. Capcom, could, I, I, and so let's go through it so far. Ubisoft, I'm not expecting much. Gearbox, definitely not expecting much. Except for Tiny Tina, but Square, I'm expecting like they could be the 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 show winners. Um, Capcom had definitely has some stuff that they could do. I'm just not expecting them to do any of it. All right. Now, stop is the big two: Nintendo and Microsoft. So I'm going to talk about Nintendo first. Because I think Microsoft is the biggest question mark, to be honest. Um, Nintendo is probably going to focus almost exclusively on Breath of the Wild 2. Or at least primarily on Breath of the Wild 2. That's going to be a lot of their presentation. Um, There might be some updates on some upcoming games. There might be Pokemon stuff. I don't think so. Because Pokemon seems to warrant its own event for whatever reason. And that's fair. Uh, It's definitely big enough. Um, So maybe it is its thing. They break out its own direct. Um, but definitely we're talking about uh, games coming out later this year so maybe Shin Megami Tensei 5 which would what be I would be looking forward to Breath of the Wild 2 which I'm also looking forward to um, maybe a new Mario Kart that's iffy maybe a new Mario but that's iffy probably they do probably have a, a good space there for a Donkey Kong announcement because there's an anniversary thing. I've, I'm not a Nintendo guy. I'm the wrong person to ask about Nintendo, but I'm pretty sure the anniversaries either just happened, happening now, or about to happen. People talking about the anniversary. So um, Donkey Kong could very well be there. 
Uh, that could be fun for people who like Donkey Kong. I could not give less of a fuck about Donkey Kong, but there you go. Some people love it, so there you go. Um, and for me, yeah, it like for, that's the thing. I love Nintendo platforms, but not for Nintendo IPs. I will play the shit out of Breath of the Wild 2 because I like Breath of the Wild 1. Um, I didn't love it. I just liked it a lot. Uh, so I, w- I will definitely play De- Breath of the Wild 2 and I'm definitely looking forward to seeing more of that. But beyond that, I want to see Ace Attorney. I want to see uh, maybe Professor Layton comes back, you know, like the OG, not his daughter. The, the OG Professor Layton motherfucker comes back um, popping caps in people's asses with his riddle gun. Um what am I even saying? Uh, who else? There are so many good little RPGs, like fucking Secret of Mana and shit, that could come back in a big way. Um, Breath of Fire, all that kind of stuff could come back there in a big way. I'm just looking for all those famous Nintendo third party studio, like third party groups who just like, mostly develop for Nintendo to come back. Uh, and show us what they've been doing on Switch, you know. Like, Shin Megami Tensei Five is just an example of that. Um, so, yeah. It's weird, because, like, I've... Like, if I was to pick a Nintendo game I'm mostly side for in 2020, it's probably the fucking uh, Ace Attorney... Uh, I forget what the name is. Like, the legendary Ace Attorney. It's like the one in set in feudal Japan, which is just being ported here, you know? It's like not even that... It's not definitely not a headliner game, but that's what I'm excited for. So I'm probably, again, not the right person to talk about Nintendo. But that said, what will they show about Breath of the Wild 2? I bet they'll just show a bunch of gameplay. They'll show us new features. They'll probably show us more of the plot, um, bit teasing here and there, and then just a bunch of Amiibos. I'm expecting at least five or six Amiibos to be announced, goddammit. Um, that's what that's going to be. Fucking Nintendo. Uh, so yeah, that's that's what Nintendo's going to show. Probably a lot of Breath of the Wild 2, and hopefully a bunch of Pro Bodies. Will we get Metroid? Maybe. Will we get Donkey Kong? Maybe. Will we get Mario? Maybe. But it's going to be Zelda. So that, that's Nintendo. Finally, 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 in terms of this, pre, this prediction segment of this, Microsoft. So um, what can we expect from Microsoft? They're the wild card this year. And I feel like they've been that for a couple of years running now because they could be just bangers, just amazing. Or they could just be middle of the road and fine. The The good thing about Microsoft is I, can, I cannot see them having a bad show. They're not EA, right? I bet they're going to have an entertaining, cool show with a bunch of cool shit they'll want to buy. Um, their biggest problem right now is that I can't buy a Series X even if I wanted to. And I do want one. I, I finally ticked over to the hat. Maybe I want one, especially with like all the awesome shit on Game Pass. I ended up like, I ended up recently fucking buying um, Dragon Quest Eleven despite it being on Game Pass just so I could play it on PlayStation because I couldn't be asked dealing with the remote play shit for Game Pass. It's so annoying to set up and the fucking... I just didn't, you have to like go sideways just to stream it to your fucking NVIDIA Shield and shit. I, I, I know you can set it up, but it was on sale, so I just picked it up on sale. So that's what I did to avoid playing on Game Pass when if I had a Series X, I would just be playing that on my Series X. And that's like one of the many things recently, especially with how good Game Pass is, that made me just want a Series X again. And I can't buy one. At the moment, 
in Australia at least, you have to put you have to get on like a three month waiting list, and the waiting list itself, they don't even announce when those are going to be open because it immediately sells out. <laughs> so I don't even know I'm going to be able to get one before 2022. Heck, I might even wait for the mid gen refresh by this point, you know. Um, and because there's gonna be a mid gen refresh, this is Microsoft we're talking about. There's at least fucking four refreshes coming. So that's just that's their problem right now. Like even if they wanted wanted to sell us on their console, they wouldn't be able to because they can't fucking sell the consoles. They can't fucking make the consoles fast enough. But that aside, that like weird red pill aside, what could Microsoft do this year? Anything. Because their Sony's not here, which means all the third parties who want to make a really big splash will save their shit from Microsoft. Um, especially the independent studios. I mean, From isn't technically... Well, I think they are independent. Stuff like From are in, relatively independent studios because they work with multiple different publishers. People like them are the ones that would come to Microsoft because there's some games being developed right now by uh x bioware stuff um x blizzard stuff there's like a lot of new studios popping up around the internet that are working on really cool things that are just waiting to be announced you know um there's a this oh no, that, that was that was shown during the the summer games Fest. there's a diablo inspired mmo that had a really bad trailer despite being an awesome game at some some games facts but that's just an example there's 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 new awesome things coming out from the woodwork that no one knows about yet because all these big studios like bioware and and blizzard are falling apart because they suck now because they suck new studios are being made new phoenixes are rising from the ashes of mass effect you know um so yeah it'll be Fun to see if any of them make an appearance or get bought, for example, by Microsoft. But beyond that, um, first party wise, I'll talk about Bethesda last because it's technically called the Microsoft the Microsoft slash Bethesda showcase, which is a big deal in itself. And obviously, it's a big deal, but I'll get to that later. Um, first party wise, I, I've, I'd be curious to see if there's Hellblade. I'll be curious to see if they show more Perfect Dark. Those are the big bangers that they kind of announced recently, right? But uh, there'll obviously be more Halo. And at this point, I don't even feel like talking about Halo because the only thing to say about Halo is they better actually impress us this time because the first one did not land the way they wanted it to land. Everyone could see that. Everyone could see that they fucked up the first reveal. They're being cross-gen really fucks them up, especially because look at Ratchet and Clank that just came out. Holy shit, look at that game. God damn. Just holy cow. That game looks incredible. So... I mean, to be fair, it's a very different style of game. It's not open world. And they're not going to be compared to Ratchet & Clank because they're very different genres and that just by itself makes them difficult to compare. But they really need to impress with Halo Infinite, both visually and gameplay-wise. And for me personally, plot-wise, they really have to show us why we should care about anything that's happening in Halo after the fuck-ups of the recent Halo, plot-wise. I just don't like know why anything matters anymore um like because a lot of halo to me was the relationship between master chief and cortana and those two staying together were a large part of why of the nostalgia around halo so breaking them up a couple of halos ago really fucked up a lot of things and the new guy just doesn't he ain't no cortana he ain't no sexy blue lady 
a sexy blue computer lady who's actually not sexy because they change her model every fucking game. So she's only like sexy twice or something. Um, but no, so he's just not her, right? So they're really going to have to impress with that. That's what I have to say about Halo. They have to impress. I don't even care what they show me. Whatever it has to be, it has to be impressive. That's that's it. Um, so the really big thing for Microsoft first party that I would like to see is actually Fable. So that's been rumored for a while now. And I think they might have done an announcement trailer. Am I crazy? Am I crazy? Fable announcement trailer. Yeah. There was a Fable trailer during the Xbox Showcase 2020 that was just by Playground Games. And it was just CG, so it told us nothing. But yeah, that would be there. That would, if I was them, that'd be the game that I show. I really flaunt my stuff with. Um, I would definitely make it next gen exclusive, but probably 2022, 2023 if I was them. And I would just show us what that game is. And do that, like, it would be second only to fucking. Well, it'll be third only to Final Fantasy 16 and uh, Elden Ring for me because it could be huge because there is a lot of room for a big Western RPG in this world, especially given how Cyberpunk went, especially given that Witcher is gone now or Witcher is done for the foreseeable future. There isn't a big Western RPG on the horizon except for Elder Scrolls 6 and that, who knows when that's going to be out, right? So whatever they do could be it could just be all about that fable and fable could just grab that market just grab it all that pent-up desire for a good medieval western role-playing game that's fable so all again kind of like halo they have to make it impressive um they don't have peter molyneux anymore which is probably a good thing but might be a bad thing um so hopefully, and it's Playground Games, which I don't really know if they've got the chops, but they've got the template. Like, really, just look at what Witcher did. Look at what you used to do with Fable and smash those two together. And that's it. Give it a really good next-gen coat of paint. Happy days. Those three, those, those three ingredients are what you need for to really impress people. That and a good plot. So Fable could be really it for me. Um, and that's that's the Microsoft first party stuff. So we talk about uh, Perfect Dark. Obviously, there'll be a new um, Forza game, but I'm not the guy to talk about that. Perfect Dark, Forza. Um, Halo. The other one, uh, Hellblade and Fable. And th- that could be Microsoft, and that might be all they need, right? Finally, we get to Bethesda. And... At this point, I'm just going to sit here and go, it's time for that Starfield, yo. It's time. It's time. Show us Starfield. That's all we need. That's all we want. Um, Well, personally, I don't even know how I feel about that game because nothing they've showed so far has told me enough to be be excited for me about it. Like, just because you tell me there's a new Bethesda IP doesn't actually like for some reason that doesn't get me 
Like I didn't really enjoy Fallout 4, for example. Um, Skyrim was god tier, obviously. But that was a long time ago, and that's Elder Scrolls. It's a very different thing to sci-fi. Elder Scrolls 6 will be coming. I don't expect it to be here because it's too far away. If it's here, it'll just be a teaser trailer again. So I, I don't really need that in my life. But what I do need is to, to, sh- to show and show me why Starfield is awesome. And they did that successfully for Fallout 4. Despite me not liking Fallout 4, the game, the presentation, the reveal presentation for that was amazing. So it really could just be that. Um, and obviously, like, if they, if they legitimately show um, Starfield in a way like they showed Fallout 4, but just this is the game, this is the gameplay, these are all the amazing things you can do, this is all the amazing plot there is, all the cool characters, or some of the cool characters, and this is the central thrust. If they do that, that could be game of show. It could be. If it's good. If it's Bethesda good, it could be Game of Show. So it's, it's, uh, I, there's a lot to be excited about for when it comes to Microsoft. Um, but th- that said, for some reason, I'm just... I'm really cautious about that game. I don't know if Bethesda can do sci-fi well. So we'll see. We shall see. I'm curious. Uh, but I haven't met anyone who's like, yeah, Starfield. Like, that's just not something. I don't know a lot of gamers nowadays. Like, In fact, as time goes on, I seem to just know more and more different gamers in different niches of my life because I initially didn't know they were gamers and it turns out they are. Um, and not a single person has been like, oh, yeah, I can't wait to see Starfield. Right? So it's, it's, I think everyone's kind of on a wait and see kind of move about that game. Uh, also, the fact that it's definitely not guaranteed to be there. So... We'll see. They need to sell us on that. But if they do, it could be a really big deal. It could be a really, really, really big deal. So there we go. So there you go. Like looking back at the last hour of my talking at this fucking computer, this punish cynic self punishment special. I've said that's a that could be a big deal a lot of times, especially with Legacy of Kane. Hey, hey. Uh, but yeah, the this E three could be huge. In a, it could be really cool at least. I don't think it'll be an E three of dreams like 2016 or whatever it was, or 2015. But could it be one that is really a solid, fun thing that can revitalize us in that in the post-COVID era? Yeah, it could be. It could be really awesome, especially if Fable's there, especially if, like, Starfield is good. Um, yeah, if Perfect Dark isn't trash, because I don't know what to expect from that, because the last time they showed a trailer was just a CG teaser trailer. Um I don't need to see Hellblade. I'm probably... I'll see that when it... I don't know enough about that studio as to whether they can actually... Like, Ninja Theory is really hit and miss for me, so I'm going to wait and see for that either way, uh, despite Hellblade 1 being good. I'll wait and see, because that that was kind of a a genie... like a one-and-done kind of experience, really. It was a very particular plot, and that ended, right? So I they never needed a sequel. So I'm kind of I don't know what they even going to do with this. So I don't know about Hellblade, but uh, yeah, that could be a lot for Microsoft. So that is pretty much Ubisoft, Gearbox, Microsoft, Square Enix, Capcom, and Nintendo. There you go. That's that's everybody. That's everybody. So wrapping it up, uh, what do I think? What am I really looking forward to? I'm looking forward to Final Fantasy 16. I'm looking forward to seeing if we see Fable. Um, I am 
cautiously optimistic about Tiny Tina. I'm cautiously optimistic about Starfield. I'll buy Breath of the Wild 2 no matter what, so I don't really care about seeing that. That's pretty much it. Final Fantasy 16, there we go. And Final Fantasy 16 will, will be everything I need. That'll be everything I need. I just need to see more of that game and I'll be happy. Like it just whole E3 goes by and I got, already have the Elden Ring trailer and I get Final Fantasy 16, I'll be happy. So my bar is set pretty low. So I'm actually really looking forward for the next couple of days here. So, all right, long breath. I've been talking nonstop for an hour now. Long breath, guys, long breath. Let's pat my dog. What's he doing? Oh, look at him. Look at you, boy. Uh, he's a cutie. He's like, he's like to give you an idea of what he looks like, he's a foot tall and just like a fucking ball of black fur. <laughs> That's pretty much him. He's like, he's, he's the cutest little motherfucker. I, I don't know. Um, anyway, so he's just lying near my feet. Full legs out, stretched on the ground, comfort mode. I kind of envy him. Anyway, all right, let the punishment continue. Finally, you may or may not recall that in 2019, the Scotchcast did a betting special. And what that was, it's totally cribbed from Easy Allies. Um, totally cribbed. But with our own questions, like we don't really use any of that. Well, we only, actually only use like a couple of their questions, and that's because they're so good. And it's like a hallmark to Easy Allies because they inspired me. They're an amazing crew of guys. If you like this, watch their shit, right? But the idea is uh, we have a series of bets that run E3, run the course of the main conferences of E3. So Treehouse doesn't count and shit, right? But the main conferences of E3, uh, we watch all the conferences as a group or as much as we can as a group and then individually if need by need be. And the bets run across every conference and it's just things like, will a person in an animal costume dance on screen or stage? question mark and everyone says yes or no so every bet is yes or no question and each bet has a point value and from there on you can pretty much do the math there's about in in this year's betting special there is a total of roughly 40 questions maybe 38 questions plus a uh, a a e3 of dreams question uh which everyone listed there their potential dream which is worth so much that if they get it then they just win all right so points don't matter not really but they're fun anyway so last year or 2019 we ran it it was hella fun um we end up watching the conferences partially just to know whether the bets how the which direction the bets went so if you want to play along feel free to do so and what i'm going to be doing here is i'm just going to read out the bets and also tell you because some of the bets are pretty interesting because they tell you what we think is going to happen i'm going to read out the bets and I'm also going to read out what our panel of uh, judges, inverted commas, or, or our uh, hosts think will or won't happen against each of those bets. Um, and you can you can play along if you wish. And at the end of E3, we announce the winner and, and we see how that goes. So for me, the rest of this show is going to be me going through the betting special bets and maybe rapping about some of them as I go along. If you if you don't need that, thank you for listening to this, this week's Scotchcast. I won't be talking too much uh in terms of predictions from here forward it'll just be about the bets and some of them are predictions but they'll be pretty short um but if you're if you want to play along and i really hope you do because it's a fun game run with me through the scotch cast e3 2021 
betting special. All right. The first, there's there's three, there's four categories. Sorry, there's four categories, main categories of bets. Each category has point values associated with it. The first one being the only exception where it's varying points. Um, to give you an idea, points for some questions are like five points. Some questions are worth fifty points, right? So everything's differently weighted, um, and it really does depend as to the individual rules for each section. If you play at home, don't worry about the rules too much because it's going to be so difficult to compute on your end, and fucking don't worry about it. But I'm tracking the rules for the players because there'll obviously be a winner at the end. But let's go through the warm-up bets. So play along at home. The first bet of the E3. Scotchcast E3 2021 betting special is, these are the warm-up bet section. These are chill, easy bets. As I stated before, will a person dressed in an animal costume dance on screen or stage? So if you're playing along, this would be the point where you'd write down, do, ask yourself, is that going to happen? And write down the answer, maybe. Um, and that's, in our case, we were like, okay, Ubisoft's going to be there, so yes. So everyone answered yes against that one. Next one. Will two or more Japanese video game trailers feature a monologue that specifically states that there is a world-ending threat? So what does that mean? It can't be, oh, uh, Calamity Ganon is back. It can't be that. It has to be specifically state, and the world is threatened by this, or the world's going to end, or something like that. And it has to be a monologue, specifically. Uh, With that, Myself and Durin said yes. The other three, which is Bollard, Doubleton, and Nubarama, said no. That's not going to happen. So we'll see how that plays out. Uh, Doubleton thinks there will be one. The reason he said no is because there, there won't be two of those. Is because there'll be one where the monologue states that the world has already ended. Which is fun. All right. Next up. At the last of the warm-up bets. Worth 15 points. But the points don't matter. Uh, will Nintendo reveal a new Switch console at this year's E3? New colors don't count. So for this one, uh, four of us said yes, one of us said no. So if people don't know, there's a there's many rumors uh, about a HD slash 4K Switch update or refresh or Pro version, and th- that's been around since 2019, really. That those rumors. So we think it could happen this year. Like this would be about the right time. Um, but with hardware shortages, who knows? If they do it, they kind of need a release date. I could see why Thurbleton went with no, but we reckon it's time. So yeah, we might we think it might happen. All right, so those are the warm up bets. There's only three of those. Next up is the hot seat bets. So how these work are so the previous ones with five, ten, and fifteen points. How these work are each of the hot seat bets. There's twenty of them, are worth six points each. So if you have your point, if your pen out, write down what your answer is. But whatever, they're worth six points each. Um, however. For the people playing, so of the five judges, if they're wrong, their six points will be distributed around the correct, like the winners instead. So everyone loses, gives their points to the winners. So with that, this could actually be a large amount of thing, like points that would significantly swim the outcome, but whatever, you don't care about that. The point is, let's get to the bets. Will two or more animals be injured or killed during the Fire Cry 6 presentation? We have four yeses. And one no. Far Cry is pretty famous for that. Next up. Will Halo Infinite disappoint again? This is a curious bet. Four of us said no. 
So no, three of us said no, and two of us said yes, which is ooh, we'll see how they go, right? Will PS5 exclusive game Forspoken be mentioned? Now in this one, you got a weird thing where it's a PS5 game, Sony's not there, but the Square Enix conference. Forspoken is the game which is like Project Athia to start off as, where it's like this chick in this Final Fantasy XV-esque foresty area slash city area. It looks like Final Fantasy XV, really. Um, but she has like a lot of movement capabilities and stuff. She looks like a witch. Um, and it's called Forspoken now. I don't think... if Sony. I think it's, it's going to be wait to a Sony thing, but it could be the Square thing. So Durin said yes, but everyone else said no. Next bet. Will the words Raccoon City be spoken two or more times during the Capcom showcase? Uh, so I said no, Duran said yes, and Th- Bollard, Doubleton, and Noob agree with me with no. I mean, if they do something, what was it, Leon-related, he was the guy, right? Leon Kennedy? I'm a, no, it wasn't. It was Leon? I forget. But there's a, there's a, there's a Raccoon City cop that keeps coming up, so it could, it could happen. Next bet. Will Metroid will we be told that Metroid Prime 4 is still in development? Uh, I said yes. Durin said no. Bollard said yes. Doubleton said, uh, let's see. Bollard said no. Doubleton said yes. And Noob said no. So three no's and two yeses. My main question is, is Metroid even going to be there? They could just be silent on that one. Next bet. Will we hear a pair of night vision goggles make the Sam Fisher night vision goggle sound? I'll say that again. Will we hear a pair of night vision goggles make the Sam Fisher's night vision goggles sound? Uh, for me, I said yes. Durin said no. Bollard said yes. Derb said no. And Noob said yes. So it's like a straight up mixed bag with three yeses and two noes. So we'll see if Sam Fisher makes it this year's E3. Next bet. Will Microsoft announce the acquisition of less than three new studios? I said no, because I think there'll be three or more. Durin, Bollard, Thurb, and Noob all said yes. They don't think they're going to announce any new studio acquisitions at all. I think that's crazy, because I swear they always announce like two. They got, it's usually indie studios. They, the last two years, they've they've been saying they've they've bought some. So we'll see how that goes. Next question: Will Randy Pitchford be completely absent? So the main thing is: Is he like too much in the doghouse? Are they going to wheel him out, or can he not resist coming out for Gearbox? I don't know. But I said, yeah, he'll be completely absent. Um, and Noob, Noob and Duran said no. But so we have three yeses and two noes for that one. So we'll see again a split board. Will Final Fantasy 16 get an international release date? Uh, two yeses and three noes. So again, will Final Fantasy 16 get an international release date? Two yeses and three noes. So we'll see how that goes. Uh, it will definitely be, it'll almost certainly be shown, but will it get a release date? Who knows? Will Pokemon Legends Arceus be shown again? This one's curious. So it was at the po- this is that Pokemon game that's set in the past, and it's like got old timey kind of Pokeballs and shit. Um, the big thing with this is that when they first showed it, it's a cool cool concept, but the frame rate looked terrible and the graphics looked fucking garbage. Uh, the colors just look off; like it just looked bad. So they hyped people up and then knocked all the hype away when they showed the game, which. Like to me says maybe they just 
want to keep it hidden till it's close to the release and really ready to show. But Duran thinks it's time to show it, and so does Doubleton. Um, because he's like, there's not many other events between now and January, which is when it's announced for. So he definitely thinks that's going to be the thing. Um, I don't see it. I don't see it. I think that thing needs to bake a bit more, so I don't think it'll be there. But So we have two yeses and three noes for will Pokemon Legends Arceus be shown? Next question. Will Microsoft address hardware shortages during their presentation? This is an interesting one because I don't know what they'll do. Uh, we had three noes and two yeses for this because um, there, there's definitely hardware shortages, but will they deign to talk about them will they even like mention any negative vibes regarding their consoles i don't know man i don't know all right next up this one's a fun one will ryu of street fighter fame punch a marvel character during any e3 presentation i repeat will ryu of street fighter fame punch a marvel character during any e3 presentation now, because I've done predictions, Pat, you already know that it's possible that Mario vs. Capcom will be here. But there was just recently one of those. It didn't go too well. I I think they're going to put that on the shelf for a while. Cause, so there's four no's and one yes for that one. Uh, for will there be a, a Marvel versus Capcom? Which is really what that's asking. Though it could be funny if that happens in some other context, which would be funny in, during a presentation. Um but the only note there is Duran thinks there actually might be a Marvel versus sorry a, a uh, Street Fighter versus DC game or a Marvel versus DC game. So they think DC will be the person, which is kind of crazy. Um, I could see that happening. Injustice making one that could be cool. Like that could be real cool. So the, sorry, the Injustice devs making one that would be quite cool. All right, next up. This one's close to my heart, and it is. Very sad. Will a brand new entry in the Castlevania franchise be announced? The only place for this is Microsoft. It could happen. I put yes because fuck it, I want it to happen. But uh, and, and and apparently a couple of people with me. But there's three yeses and two noes. I think I honestly think the noes will happen for this one. <laughs> Next one: Will Prince of Persia get a facelift compared to the first reveal? Uh, five noes. Nope, it's not getting a face of you don't know what it's about. The Prince Prince of Persia Sands of Time has a remake has been announced for that. Oh, it was announced like last year or the year before. And it looked shit, man. Like the, the faces were bad. Like the graphics were okay. But it's mostly just the, the everyone just looked awkward. Um so it was it just, it got a really mixed reaction. So I'm hoping it gets a literal facelift with the faces changed back to what they looked like originally. Uh, but no one thinks this is going to happen. All right. Will Tiny Tina crack a joke that lands? Another five no's. Like, no one thinks it'll be funny. Vote of no confidence across the board for uh, Gearbox. Gearbox's writing staff in 2021. Oh, God. Next one up. This one's a fun one. Will a space helmet crack during the Starfield demo. I don't think they can remotely um what's what's how would I put it? Resist the urge to have her space velvet break, you know? I like shot in the face, whatever. I don't care what it is. 
you'll get like space helmet breaking and like the oxygen leaving or something. You'll get something like that during the Starfield thing. So I voted yes, but everyone else thinks no. no everyone else thinks that for some reason during the Starfield demo, it'll be like way zoomed out third person and they won't do any helmet deformation or like breakage, like a helmet blown up, get blown off or whatever. Like they don't think that's going to happen. So we'll see about that. Next one. Will a moon-shaped mask feature prominently at any point during the Square Enix press conference? Two yeses, three noes. Uh, what that is, is uh, Yoko Taro. Uh, he is famous for wearing a moon-shaped mask and putting them in his games. So the question really is, will Yoko Taro show up or will he put his mask in a game that is subsequently shown? I think yes. Derb thinks yes, but everyone else thinks that's not going to happen. It's probably too soon for Yokotaro is their general consensus opinion, but I hope is there. Next one. This is still the hot seat best, but six points. Will Donkey Kong or any member of the Kong family play a musical instrument? Duran says yes, everyone else says no. I think Duran might have this one. Because if they do a new Donkey Kong, and it is the anniversary or whatever... I don't think they could resist someone playing the drums. You know, like someone's going to be playing the drums. Someone's going to be. So I, I, I don't know. But I don't think, I don't know if there'll be a Donkey Kong. And I think maybe they'll go more more tropical with it or something. Not tropical. That's the wrong word for it. Might go classical with it. So there might be just like in dungeons and stuff. So maybe he won't play an instrument. We'll see. Or maybe someone who isn't a Kong family member will play an instrument. We'll just see. Next up, will Hailblade 2 or Perfect Dark feature prominently during the Microsoft E3 press conference? Three, four yeses and one no. So we'll see. We'll see. I hope so. I hope both of them are there. Or at least Perfect Dark. I'm very curious if they fuck that series up or not. That's Honestly, I'm not personally interested in Perfect Dark. I might be in the minority there, but I'm very curious what they do with it, you know? Um... I didn't talk about Doom earlier, but I want you, I'd be excited to see Doom at, at, at the Bethesda portion of it. Maybe they'll do another DLC for that. Next up, will the next, gen, next game in the Mario mainline or 3D World franchises be unveiled? I'm the only one who thinks this will happen. I think they're sleeping on this. I think they can't resist doing 3D World because 3D World is like weirdly often. Weirdly, frequently do 3D world type games, and that's what I'm expecting. But mainline, maybe they'll do a Odyssey two, or maybe probably more like a DLC pack for Odyssey. But maybe they'll do an Odyssey two because they've already done DLC packs for Odyssey. So I could win there, but no one else thinks it's going to happen. So not the year for Mario is apparently only the year for Zelda. So we'll see. And that's the hot seat bets. So I don't know if you keep you up there, but there's a lot of interesting topics in there. Worth six points each, 20 points total, and none of only two of them had a consensus, which is, will Prince of Persia get a facelift? No. And will Tiny Tina get a cracker joke that lands? No. Uh, aside from that, everyone else thinks... Uh, there's, there's, a, there's mixed opinions about all of them, which means they're good bets. All right. Next section. We're in the last stretch here. There's only like uh, 15 more bets to go. High stakes, long odds bets. So how these work is... So the first... Uh, the warm-up had a 10, 5, 10, and 15-point bets. Uh, the hot seat bets had 26-point bets. 
This is the high stakes long odds bets where each pet is worth 25 points. But if at least one person is right, everyone who's wrong loses 25 points as well. So it's like a 50 point swing for each person, each time someone uniquely gets it right or each time people get it right and other people get it wrong. So this is a big one. Um, how do these work? Sorry, not how the 25 points. You, you got it. You got it. I'm moving on to the actual bets. All right. The first of the high stakes long odds bets is will Beyond Good and Evil 2 be mentioned? We've got three yeses and two noes for this. I'm one of the noes. Um, I don't think that ready that game's ready yet. Also, this is some weird, uh, how would I put it? There's drama behind the scenes. There's weird drama happening around that game behind the scenes. So I don't know. It might have a bad stink on it or something, but I don't know. That didn't stop Cyberpunk, right? So maybe they'll just be, they just wash that over. It is, it has been two years or three years or something since we've seen that. So this could be the year for Beyond Good and Evil 2, uh, or at least more of it, especially since that CG trailer was like, that was great. But after that, they show that weird, like open stage demo kind of deal. That would, I don't know. But anyway, it could be there. I don't think so though. I think that's it's got it's it's too much in the oven, so not ready, and it's got stink. I don't think it's gonna be there, but hey, three people think it will. Will a we see a cartoony character cry in a video game? You got three yeses and one no. Who knows? Will Bioshock return? So I'm the only one who said yes for this only because there's rumors around it. There could be another Bioshock game or a um, like a revival, like a Bioshock 1 remake or something. That, that could very well happen and because there are rumors surrounding that. And that, that, that IP can't die because it's definitely not ready to be dead yet. Um, despite uh, Ken Levine, I think his name was uh, the director being gone, there's, that IP is worth too much. It will be back, I reckon, but maybe this won't be the year for it because people say no, but I think it might be. Next one. Will the new Fable impress? Three yeses and one no. I think it will. I think it will. I think that they're going to bring their A game. and I, I'm really looking forward to it. Next one. Will a Moogle speak a fully voice acted sentence? Five no's. We don't think that's going to happen. Next one. Will most people care about Deathloop? Three no's and two yeses. I cannot, I do not even understand the idea behind voting yes for this because I do not care about Deathloop. None of us care about Deathloop. Duran's betting on everyone else caring about Deathloop. I just don't see it happening. I just don't see it happening. Like, that game just looks like mediocre to me. Next. Will Nintendo announce an impressive new feature for their online service? Five no's. Vote of zero confidence. Vote of zero confidence in Nintendo's online service. It's That's kind of sad, but there you go. Will the rumored Dark Souls-inspired Final Fantasy game be teased or shown in any capacity? Uh, we've got three yeses and two noes for this, which is cool. I, I, I hope it will be shown. If it isn't, I wouldn't be surprised. I'm, I'm happy to bet the points on it, even though I might lose fucking... Well, swing away from me by 50 points, but... It'll be fucking cool, um, and damn it, would, yeah, I would love to see it. That's I, I'm I'm voting with my heart on that one more than anything else, and and three of us are apparently. Next up, 
Will we see greater than or equal to two double jumps in a single demo? I repeat, will we see greater than or equal to two double jumps in a single demo? And we've got four yeses and one no for this. And technically, uh, I think there were two double jumps, though there were horse double jumps in Elden Ring, but that doesn't count. That doesn't count. So you can't, we can't count that one, but that's a good start. Hey man, if Elden Ring's doing it, then maybe other games will do it too. Next up, this is an important bet. Um, I didn't bring it up during the show because I knew it was here, but uh, will Princess Zelda be playable in Breath of the Wild 2? And for that, we've got me saying no and everyone else saying yes. And I'm very curious if they're right. I'm happy for that to be a swing away from me because it'd be really cool and interesting change up to the series. Uh, but I don't know. I don't know. If, if you, we've had people we've had the director say that Zelda is about Link or the Zelda series is about Link's journey. And I'm with him. I'm with him, man. Like I, I, I don't see a reason to make Zelda playable. She, if I was them, I would make it like a, the last of us esque she's always with you, uh, kind of situation. And where she's like a continual member and active participant in the plot. That would be, and I would love that. That's cool. Like I liked it in God of War. I liked it in Last of Us One. Um, and that would be a good way of doing it. But people think she's playable, and I think that's cool. And some people think, uh, some of them think it's going to be there in a co-op mode, and that could be awesome too. So if they're right, happy, happy. But I'm going to go with no on that one. Uh, personally, I think it's Link's journey. Uh, but hey, if they make her playable, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. It's about time, right? Who knows? All right, the final five. Normal bets. This is called a lightning round, and these are old bets that we that were returning bets from 2019. Because goddamn, 2020 was skipped, right? Um, returning bets. These are worth 50 points each, but they're evenly distributed amongst the winners. So it's kind of a friendly friendship bets type situation here. And the first bet going in the friendship uh, mentality is: Will Hideo Kojima? Reveal himself. Now, again, Summer Games Fest did not count. So we will still see. Maybe it might be at Microsoft. It could be very interesting if he is. But we've got four no's and one yes for that one. So if Thurbleton's right, he gets 50 points and no, no one else gets any. So that's that's a big deal. All right. Will we finally leave Midgar, a.k.a. will Final Fantasy VII Remake Part Two be revealed? I don't know how much I talked about this during my prediction segment they could do anything Final Fantasy 7 Remake 2 and it'll break the world you know um, Durance thinks yes everyone else thinks no I hope he's right I hope he gets those 50 points because he believed um, I don't know what they'll show I don't know if they know what they'll show sorry I don't know if they know what they'll be in that game yet but what, what could definitely happen is a CG trailer similar to the first reveal slash announcement trailer for Final Fantasy VII Remake. That was a awesome trailer because it was just like, just tone, you know, and graphics. And if they do that for this, that's all we need. And I, it'd be all, I'd be happy. I'd be happy with that. So we'll see. Next up is... Will a currently unreleased game from From Software be shown? We've got three no's and two yeses. 
And again, Summer Games Fest doesn't count. And From Software had said Elden Ring wouldn't be there. Now, it's possible that they have other games in the works. For example, they did do that VR game for Sony a while back. And From Software might be working on Zone of the Enders or whatever the fuck. I, I forget what their other big franchise is. Um, from software. Because they said they wanted to go away from the Dots, Dark Souls, um, you know, motif. They've been do- They've been kind of uh, burning that const- that flame constantly for the last many years. And the one I was thinking of is uh, Armored Core. So it's very possible they do a new Armored Core game. And that would be really cool for Microsoft to get. Um, that'd be really fun to to see that happen. So it's it's still possible that Noob and Thurb uh, get their points in this one, and that would be really cool to see Armored Core again. But yeah, that's the question. Will From Software show an un- unannounced game? And we got three no's, two yeses. Next one. With a video game character throw something that hits a camera lens. Another another fun bet here. Uh, we got three yeses, two no's. Who the fuck knows what will happen with that one? Um, the points, the points will land where they may. And then finally, Skate Four question mark exclamation point. Um, Skate Four has already been announced. The real question is, will that be at Microsoft? Um, it's an EA game. EA is doing a thing after E three, so three of us think no, they're not going to be. It's not going to be Microsoft. Uh, Noob and Durbleton think it might be. So we shall see. And that's the E three betting special. Those are the bets. Um, Man, my voice. Finally. Finally. We have the dream bets. This is the predictions, the dream predictions that are worth 200 points each. Each person gets one. I'm just going to roll them off. You can play along at home. Um, These are what everyone thinks would be like the dream announcement or the, the funny or crazy announcement for E3. Noob says, Randy Pitchford will commit Harakiri on stage. Slash Half Life Three announcement during the PC gaming show. It's a Valve handheld exclusive. I should add the PC gaming show to this list. I'm not going to talk about it here, but I, I should I should include it. Oh no, I'll think about it later. Doubleton Rami Ismail forms a new indie studio and announces a new game. Brad, Fez 2, full stop, Durin. So his initial thing was the Final Fantasy XVI 7 Part 2 trailer happens. That's his dream. Uh, but I was like, that's too, that's not crazy enough. So he needs to amp it up by predicting what's in the trailer. This is his prediction. Of what, this is Durin's prediction of what will be in the Final Fantasy 7 Part 2 trailer. Final Fantasy 7 Part 2 trailer starts with the music from Calm and has a part where you play as Sephiroth. So there you go. That's 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 a 200-point bet right there. And then for me, after the discussions of this um, betting special, I, I, this podcast, I've finally thought of my bet, which is Legacy of Cain, motherfucker. And with that, thank you for playing along slash listening along with this Scotchcast E3 2021 special slash cynic self-flagellation slash punishment special. 
at the end of the show or maybe during the show we will capture some reactions and i'll post them i'll also post the results of the betting special saying who won and going through what happened with each bet um but yeah thank you for listening in this once in a year (laughs) or whatever um show we don't do these often i apologize for that but we just don't that's that's life that's life nothing goes forever right um but i hope you enjoyed playing along i hope you enjoyed my rambling about e3 for two hours um and i hope you listen to the next the 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 e3 betting special results show later this week thank you and goodbye give me a second here i'm gonna roll up something fun as we go let's do this elden ring motherfuckers it's on three baby fuck yeah see you next time